Episode 5, Chapters 9 through 12 of Half a Chance by Cynthia Lord. This recording is made with permission by Scholastic. Chapter 9 Wonder. Most things get easier the more you do them. With each box I unpacked with Mom, there weren't as many decisions to make. Now we just put things where they belonged. Silverware here, pots there, mugs in the cupboard closet to the sink, books on the bookshelves, mail on the table next to the door. And every time I went on Loom Patrol, I felt sure about kayaking how hard or gentle to pull on my paddle to avoid hitting the other kayaks, and the ankle I needed to hold the paddle and to keep water from dripping on my legs. I wondered if by going on loon patrol so often, I was adding more reasons for Megan not to like me, but I wasn't going to stay home just because of her. At Grandma's, at breakfast, Grandma Lila put a tea kettle on and then went into the living room and forgot all about it. The whistle made her jump off the couch. She thought it was a loon yodeling outside. Emily laughed, dipping her paddle into the water next to mine. Some days, the loons feel like they're part of our family, Nate said. Yeah, but if they were really part of our family, Mom would yell at them for waking us up so early, Emily said. I reached down to lay my hand flat on the water. It felt like I was holding the whole lake under my palm. Mirrored in the water around my fingers, the blue sky was full of frail, stretched long clouds. I pulled my camera out of my life vest and shot a photo of my hand surrounded by water clouds. I wonder what my fingers looked like to the fish underwater. Then I heard a splash at the shore. Snapping turtle? At the edge of the bank, trees leaned out over the lake. Their roots, as big as my arms, snaked between the rocks, creating lots of hiding places. Whatever had splashed had ducked out of sight. Stay away from our baby loon. Can a loon chick swim as soon as it's hatched? Or do the parents need to teach it? I asked. Oh, it can swim right away, Nate said. But the parents teach it to dive and fish. It's really funny to watch them feed it, Emily said. The adults catch minnows and give it to them beak to beak. Oh, I hope we can see that, I said. They'll stay near the nest until the second egg hatches or until they give up on it. Nate said. After that, we'll leave the nest for the summer and swim all over the lake. The cutest thing is when they teach the babies to make the different loon calls, Emily said. Sometimes we'll hear the tremolos or yodels and think the loons are in danger. But when we look through the binoculars, there's no danger. Grandma Lila says they're teaching their baby what the different calls mean and how to make them. We call it loon song lessons. Nate said. I grinned. I love that. 
Sitting forward in my kayak, I pulled my life vest backwards to let some air circulate. Crossing the lake, there was no shade, and my back was getting sweaty under there. An ant walked across the nose of my kayak. He must have climbed on when the kayak was back at the sand and now found himself at sea with me, hitching a ride. I pointed him out to Emily. When we get back, he can go home and tell his ant friends about his big adventure on the high seas. I hope he... My voice was drowned out by a speedboat zipping across the lake, pulling a kid on an inner tube. The waves from their wake rushed towards me, rocking me sideways. I wish the motorboats would be more careful, Nate said. The loons get scared when they come too close. And it doesn't just scare them, Emily said. If the parents spend too much time watching out for boats, they don't bring up enough food and the chick starves. How awful. It was bad enough that the other animals wanted to eat our chick, but at least that was understandable. Well, maybe we could make some signs, I suggested, because boaters might be more careful if they knew that. Well, that's a great idea, Emily said. We could put a sign at the boat landing so people who are launching their boats will know to be careful. We could hang another at the marina and rent boats to people who are visiting, Nate said. Let's walk down to the store when we get back and buy some supplies. I can take the photos of the loons with the chick to put on the posters, I said, so people will know what to look out for. Now I had two ways my photos might help. Maybe they could help Grandma Lila see the loons and maybe they could help the loons be safe. When we entered the cove near the loons nest, water streamed along the sides of my kayak and my paddle kept picking up the long strings of the lily pads. A swarm of spidery bugs swirled along the surface like they were skating in a wild hockey game. A dragonfly landed on my shorts, a stick of neon purple. I was used to seeing the electric blue ones, but this was the first purple one I'd seen. I worked my camera slowly out of my life vest and managed two close-ups of the dragonfly before he suddenly zipped off into the air, hurrying to who knows where. Look, Emily said, both of the adult loons are in the water and there's the chick. The two adults were swimming close to the nest, the baby riding on one of the parents' back. The nest looked lonely without a bird on it, one egg left behind. Maybe the second egg's a dud, Nate said. At least they have one. But my joy for that fuzzy, busy little chick had a center of sadness inside. Is this how it ends? Just half good? It might still hatch, Emily said, though I wish one of the adults would get back to the nest. The egg will cook in the sun. One of the adult loons hopped awkwardly onto the nest and turned the egg over with his bill. He settled himself carefully down on the egg. Oh, good, Neat said. They're still taking care of it. The chick struggled to follow the adult up onto the nest. It wasn't a high jump for the adults, but the chick was so small. He had to try several times before he finally wiggled up the side. Emily laughed. He's just too cute. 
a sooty puffball with a white belly. He walked like a floppy puppet. It'd be hard for people to ignore something as adorable as that baby loon. I zoomed in and took photo after photo as he climbed around the nest and over the parent's back and then dropped back into the water. He scrambled up onto the swimming parent's back and cruised by the nest. It's hard to get a good shot of him because he just doesn't stop. I clicked and clicked, hoping my photos wouldn't be blurry. Maybe one would turn out to be a moment and surprise me. As we paddled home, I looked backwards at the nest and the loon patiently waiting there. Maybe we shouldn't put a photo of the loon on the nest in the posters, I said, because people might go looking for the nest and that might disturb the loons. I think it's okay, Emily said, because if that egg doesn't hatch the next day or so, it probably won't. And then they'll just leave the nest area until next year. It will take at least a couple of days to make the posters and hang them up around town. Okay, I said, but before we go to the store, I just have to go home and tell my mom. But when we got back from kayaking, Grandma Lila was on the dock with Nate's little cousins, Morgan and Mason. The twins had been making mud pies on the dock, piles of sand decorated with sticks and rocks and plastic buckets and shovels were everywhere. We can go swimming now, Mason yelled. You could have gone, Grandma Lila said. I'm right here to watch you. Mama said we had to wait for Nate and Emily and the other girl, Mason said, jumping off the side of the dock. I blushed at the other girl, but he hadn't said it mean. Sorry, Nate said to me. I thought we could go, but I guess we have to help watch the little kids. Do you want to go swimming? I opened my mouth to tell him I had to go home to change, but... And I realized that Nate was going in with his clothes on. Why not? It was really hot. So I took off my life vest and carried my camera and my phone to the dock next to Grandma Lila. When I stepped into the water, the bottom was so sandy that it gave way under my feet. Heels first, almost to my ankles. But as I walked out farther, the bottom turned gooey and gucky with rocks and old slippery leaves and pine needles and I don't even want to know what else. I pushed off quickly into the breaststroke so I wouldn't have to touch. It's freezing, I said, my teeth chattering. Nate, pretend you're a shark, Mason said. Say, I'm gonna get you. Me too, Morgan said, but don't really grab me, okay? Okay. I'm gonna get you, and Nate dove under, but I let myself float. The water cooled my skin and lapped against my ears. It's funny how cold lake water always makes you feel when you first get in and how warm it becomes as you get used to it. I felt so relaxed, like I could fall asleep right there, except I'd hear Emily talking to someone. And Lucy took some photos of it, I heard her say, and we're going to make posters to tell the speedboaters to stay from a safe distance. I rolled over in the water to see Megan pick up my camera from the dock. I want to see the chick too. How does it work? I I'll do it. I didn't want her touching my camera, and I swam towards the dock. She said, that's okay. I've got it now. Cool. 
I want to help with the posters too. When I got out, my hair was wet and clumpy and my shorts stuck to my leg. I pulled my t-shirt out in the front so it wouldn't be all clingy and embarrassing. I took my camera from her and picked up my phone. I'm heading home to change, I said to Emily. I didn't want to leave. I couldn't hang around in wet clothes. Bye, Lucy, Emily said. I'll let you know when we go into town. It may not be today, though. Morgan and Mason can swim forever. We're going to swim until there's ice on the lake, Mason yelled. On the walk home, I texted Dad. The loons have a baby. So cute. Then I clicked on my camera screen to look at my loon pictures. But the first photo that came up was the purple dragonfly. Where were my photos of the baby loon? Clicked and clicked. The dragonfly was the last photo on my card. My photos of the chick were gone. Every last one. Chapter 10, Now and Then. I hope the Baileys like potato salad, Mom said the night as we crossed our driveway towards their cottage. That spoonful we tested tasted good to me. I always wanted to live someplace where the neighbors invited us to cookouts. So when the Baileys came over to ask us, I stood behind her and nodded my head fast at Mom. I've been wondering when would be a good time to give Grandma Lila the photo I'd taken on Cherry Mountain, and a cookout seemed perfect. Nate had carefully returned the old photo to its spot on their cottage wall, and I'd made a print of the new photo and put it in a frame, wrapped it, and it looked like a real present. I hope Grandma Lila doesn't mind that the only wrapping paper I could find was birthday paper, I said to Mom. Well, it doesn't say happy birthday on it. Confetti and balloons could be for any celebration, she said, as Mr. Bailey waved to us. I'll bring my potato salad over there to the table. Do you want me to take your present? No, I said, I want Nate to give it to her. Grandma Lila and Nate's parents were talking to some adults I didn't know. Neighbors, probably. Aunt Pat was scolding Morgan and Mason for running with sticks in their hands. I looked around for Nate. I tried to keep smiling, even when I spotted Megan sitting next, with, next to him, and Emily and some younger kids I didn't recognize on their cottage porch. Megan greeted with me with, I didn't know you were coming. I didn't know you were coming either, I said evenly. I always come. Megan said. Nate, remember last summer when we played croquet with the kids who rented the pool's cottage? You hit the ball so hard it made a big dent in the side of their porch. Nate nodded. Yeah, Miss Pool was pretty mad. We should do that again. And remember the old guy who rented the McLeod's cottage a couple summers ago, Mr. Tidal Wave? Nate grinned. He used to do cannonballs off this dock, he explained to me. 
And he was really big guy, so the splash was ginormous. I smiled, though I was pretty sure Megan was bringing up these old stories to make me feel left out. She glanced at me. Who's the present for? It's for Grandma Lila. I knew the smartest, safest thing would be to leave it at that, but I couldn't help getting back at her a little. It's a photo from when Nate and I climbed Cherry Mountain. Lucy's awesome at taking pictures, Nate said. She's doing a photography contest and I'm helping her. It's a scavenger hunt. It's just for fun, really, I said, not wanting Megan to see how important it was to me. But if you win, you get money, Nate said. So it's not just for fun, right? Hey, Lucy, how did your photos of the baby loon turn out? Emily asked. I still want to make those posters. My photos didn't turn out, I said, not looking at Megan. Every one I took of the chick got erased somehow, except the very first one of him on the nest when he just hatched. Oh no, Emily said. How did that happen? I don't know, because it was only those photos. I slid my gaze over to Megan. Her face was red. She didn't say anything. I was pretty sure she'd done it on purpose, because when someone wrecks something by accident, they say sorry. Don't worry, Nate said. We can do Loon Patrol tomorrow and take some more photos. It's Dad's turn to go but I bet he'll be glad to give it up. And maybe there'll be two chicks now, I said. That would make for even better photos than the ones that got deleted. That'd be great, Nate said. We'll go tomorrow, and then we can go to town and get poster boards and stuff. Megan shot me a look as friendly as poison ivy, but I just nodded. The sooner we get the posters up, the better. After supper and s'mores and my first ever game of flashlight tag, which was really fun even though I was it a lot because Megan tagged me every chance she could, Nate whispered excitedly to me, let's give Grandma Lila the photo now. You do it, I said, all tingly with eagerness. It's for both of us. <coughs> the adults were talking. Nate walked right into the middle of their group and laid the present in Grandma Lila's lap. Lucy and I have a present for you, he said. We made it. Well, sort of. You'll see. Grandma Lila ran her hand over the balloons and confetti wrapping paper. How lovely. I didn't know it was my birthday, she said, sliding her finger under the flap. Sorry, I said. That's the only wrapping paper I could find. It's a rectangle, Morgan said, running up beside her. Maybe it's a book. Or a game, Mason said. Grandma Lila pulled the framed photo out of the paper. It's us, Nate said. Lucy and I climbed Cherry Mountain, and we brought you with us. See? Isn't that wonderful, Mr. Bailey said. How did you manage this? Nate grinned. I held the old photo, and Lucy took the new photo standing behind me. It was hard to line it all up. We had to try and try a whole bunch of times. My arm was dying. We climb Cherry Mountain every year, Grandma Lila said. We should do that. 
You went up there with Nate and Lucy this year, Mrs. Bailey said. There you are, right on top of the mountain, Mom. I thought Grandma Lila would be happy and touched that we did this, but she looked confused. We could go tomorrow. What day is it today? Well, at the lake, it doesn't matter, does it? Miss Bailey said kindly. It's summer. Let's just leave it at that. What's the weather report? Grandma Lila asked. Is it a good day for climbing? It's supposed to rain tomorrow, Nate said. We can't hike in the rain. Anyone for another s'more? Miss Bailey asked, so brightly. We have plenty of marshmallows. Mom, can I make you one? We'll climb Cherry Mountain tomorrow, Grandma Lila said firmly. It's going to rain, Mom, Mrs. Bailey said, sounding tired. There's no view in the rain. We need the rain, Mr. Bailey added. It'll be good for the gardens and the grass. It's best to get an early start, Grandma Lila said. Wear some good shoes. Lucy, I think we should go now. It's getting late, Mom said. Must you go already? Mrs. Bailey asked. She was watching Grandma Lila, not us. We've had a very nice time, everyone, Mom said. Thank you so much for inviting us. Nate followed me to the edge of the driveway. I'm sorry. Grandma Lila gets a little mixed up when she's tired, he said. She got up with the loons this morning, and she didn't take a nap. That's okay, I said, even though I felt like crying. I'll show her the photo again tomorrow, he added. She'll like it then. I nodded. Sure, don't worry about it. It's okay. But all the way home, I thought about how my photo had ruined the cookout. Chapter 11, Secret. On a gray, calm day, the lake becomes a mirror, reflecting other things. Trees, cloudy sky, the ghostly outline of the mountains. It matched how I felt, upside down and not really myself. When Mom and I came home from the cookout, she told me she thought something was wrong with Grandma Lila. Not just the ordinary kind of getting older and forgetting a few things, but maybe something bigger. I think she might have dementia, Mom said. What's that? I asked. It's difficult to explain, Mom said, but it's a brain disability that happens to some people when they're older. When I was your age, my aunt had dementia and we used to visit her sometimes. She had a hard time doing certain things and understanding and remembering, even though she'd done her whole life. No one really knows why it happens. You never told me about your aunt, I said. Mom shrugged. As a child, I didn't like visiting her. It was always sort of confusing and sad. She didn't even seem like the same person anymore. 
Did she get better? I asked. Mom shook her head. My mother stopped bringing me when my aunt didn't know who we were. She put her arm around me. Lucy, I just don't want you to take it personally. What happened? The photo was a lovely idea, and if Grandma Lila were completely herself, I'm sure she would have loved it. Nate had told me they were doing all Grandma Lila's favorite things this summer, and it had seemed nice when he said it. But now I could see that maybe it was more than that. Maybe they were doing those things because she was still her enough to enjoy them. I wanted to apologize to Nate, but I didn't know how. So the next morning I texted him. Will we still go on LP if it rains? It seemed like a safe topic to start with, and I was relieved when my phone chimed almost immediately. Yes, unless it thunders, but E has to watch Eminem. At 10 o'clock, I met him on their beach. I thought maybe it'd be easier to apologize to Nate without Emily, but I still didn't know what to say. Is Grandma Lila coming down to see us off? Don't we were on the dock with us as we left. No, he said. I couldn't look at him. So I watched the zipper of my life vest as I pulled it up. I'm sorry about last night. I thought she'd like the photo. Me too, he said as he picked up his paddle. But she talked so much about climbing Cherry Mountain last night that we had to hide both photos. I winced, getting into my kayak. Mom and Dad got into an argument about whether it was getting too hard to take care of her here, Nate continued. Dad thought it was, and Mom thought it wasn't. If Grandma Lila had to go home, Nate would go too. And I hated the thought of the last thing they did here this summer would be a sad thing. Last times and first times shouldn't matter more than all the middle times, but somehow they do. I pushed off with my paddle from the shallow water and stroked hard to catch up. Remember how if I won the contest, I'd get some money? Well, I've been thinking, if I won, maybe we could use the money to buy one of those rafts you talked about, the ones with the motor on them, and then we could take Grandma Lila out to see the loons. Nate dipped his paddle in slowly. Really? You'd do that? Well, do you think it would make her happy? He nodded. She'd love that. We just have to buy the raft and get it here, I said. But I might not win. You have a good chance, Lucy, he said, smiling. I think your photos are great. Normally, it would have made me feel warm inside to hear him say that. But as we paddled our kayaks towards the nest, the secret I'd been keeping weighed on me. I wasn't sure how to tell him. So finally... I just let it all out in a rush. I do have one problem, though. My dad is the judge of the contest. What? Nate stopped paddling. Your dad is the judge? Well, I read the rules very carefully, and there's no rule against me entering, I said. So I don't see how it could be considered cheating. Why didn't you tell me? 
all this time we've been working on the contest, Newt said. I thought we were good friends. Couldn't help liking that he had said we were good friends. I had thought so too, but it felt nice to hear him say it. We are good friends. I should have told you that it was fun taking the contest photos with you, even if I didn't enter. But now I want Grandma Lila to be able to do Moon Patrol herself in case, well, I just want her to go. I felt like I was babbling. The rules said the photos had to be originals and they probably expect kids to use their real names, but it doesn't say we have to. So I've been thinking, maybe I couldn't make up a name. If I used my real one, I think dad would worry it wasn't fair or he'd be extra hard on me because he would have to show everyone else that he wasn't playing favorites. In the corner of my eye, I watched the nose of Nate's kayak coming back into view. One bad part about having a dad who's famous is sometimes it feels like I can't have a photography as my thing just because he got there first. I peeked to see if Nate was mad, but he nodded. I get the tired of everyone lumping my dad and me together at school. Adults say, oh, you're Mr. Bailey's son. And kids say things like, don't tell Nate because he might tell his dad. And then I have to decide if it's worse to be in trouble with the other kids or with dad. Nate pulled harder on his paddle. But if you won, prize money would be probably come as a check. You wouldn't be able to cash it if it wasn't in your real name. I felt all the air let go from my lungs. Oh, I didn't think of that. On the far side of the lake, a thick layer of mist rose like smoke from the lake. Nate dug in his paddle to a stop. I can't tell if the loons are on the nest or not, he said. But do you see that great blue heron over near the rocks? You can just make out his shape in the mist. That would make a cool photo. I didn't feel like shooting. There was a wonderful moodiness to the mist and the heron stood so still and tall. It was a relief to do something I knew how to do. Normally, I'd zoom in for the bird, but the heron looked so mysterious in that stripe of fog that I left the scene wide. You could use my name and address for the contest, Nate said. I opened my mouth to say no. Using the real name of someone else seemed more wrong than using a pretend name for me. But somehow the word got stuck in my throat. Nate and I had been working together on the contest. I was taking the photos, but he was giving me the good ideas and helping me choose. We were a team. Even if the contest only allowed for one name, it wouldn't be cheating to simply choose his name instead of mine, would it? felt a drop of rain on my arm. Within seconds, the lake had me, the lake around me had hundreds of circles, all of different sizes in motion on the surface. The heron took to the air and I was glad I'd taken that shot while I had the chance. We should go back, Nate said, in case it starts to thunder. I tucked my camera way down into my life vest so it wouldn't get wet. We paddled steadily racing each other to the dock as the rain came in. As I moved my paddle from side to side, I weighed the, pulse, the pluses and the minuses of using Nate's name. 
If we won, we could use the money to help Grandma Lila see the loons. And that was a big plus. Yeah. Cool. But on the minus side, my photos won. I'd have to pretend the photos were Nate's and he was in one of the photos I was planning to use. Though it would be great to know for sure that my photos had won or lost the contest. Yeah. Oh. But I couldn't shake the nagging feeling that it just wasn't right. I wasn't trying to make any other kids lose, just trying to give my photos a fair chance to win. Dip. Oh. But Dad might get mad if and when he found out. He always said it's about the photos and not the photographer. This would give him the chance to prove it. Dip. Oh. But we might not even win. Though we would never know if we didn't enter. Nate, how about this? I suggested. What if we use your name until Dad picks the winners? The portfolio will be married, mailed to my house, so I'll be there when he chooses. I can ask to see the winners before he sends off the results of the magazine. If it's us, I can tell him. If he thinks it's unfair that his own kid won, I could pull the portfolio. And if he lets us win, then we'll use the money to get Grandma Lila out to see the loons, I said. Nate's phone chimed. He didn't even look to see who it was. If there's any money left over, maybe we can build Ansel his super swanky kid and dog house, he said. I grinned. It's a deal. As we got closer to the dock, I could see a splash of bright yellow ahead. Grandma Lila was standing with an umbrella waiting for us. How are the loons, she called. Just fine, Nate called back, even though we hadn't even seen them. Chapter 12, Holding On Every time someone in Nate's family did Loon Patrol, they answered Grandma Lila's question of how are the loons with fine or good or they were teaching the baby to dive today. But the secret answer was that no one had seen them. A few times we'd heard them call and my heart leapt, but we couldn't be sure if it was our loons we were hearing or visitor loons just passing through. The next time it was my turn for loon patrol, I could barely wait for 10 o'clock. But first, Mom needed help unpacking the last boxes of Dad's books and equipment. Then Ansel wanted to play, and I hadn't been spending much time with him, so I threw his stuffed sheep toy, and he brought it back again and again till finally he got tired. Then at 10 o'clock, just as I was leaving, Dad called Mom on her phone couldn't pass up the chance to talk to him, even though I had to wait for her to talk first, and then the connection wasn't good. Kept asking, what? And glancing at the clock, hoping Nate and Emily would wait for me. No one has seen the Loon family for days, I told Dad. We're worried. What? He'd ask. We haven't seen the Loons. 
I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'll try again later, okay? Love you. I love you too, I said. Next time, try my phone. But he didn't answer, so I don't know if he heard me or if he'd already hung up. By the time I arrived at the Bailey's, Nate and Emily had already left. Grandma Lila motioned to the empty white wicker rocking chair beside her on the porch. Come wait with me. Nate thought you weren't coming. She looked so hopeful that I couldn't say no. I didn't mean to be so late. I had to do a bunch of stuff this morning, and then my dad called right as I was leaving. I was shocked that my voice broke as I spoke. What's the matter, dear? I miss my dad, that's all. I didn't even really get to talk to him because he couldn't hear me very well. Ah, it's hard when people leave you, she said, and hard when you leave them too. I nodded. We were talking about sad things, but it made me feel a little bit better knowing I wasn't alone. The hummingbird buzzed up to the hanging baskets on the porch. Its tiny wings blurring with speed. From inside the cottage, I could hear Morgan and Mason making car noises and Nate's dad explaining something to them. Maybe I could paddle out and catch Nate and Emily. But when I looked over at the beach, the pink kayak wasn't there. Of course, the Baileys could do whatever they wanted with their kayaks, but the pink one felt partly mine now. Someone go with Nate and Emily? Yes, I think so, Grandma Lila said. Megan. Um, was it a kid? Grandma Lila looked concerned, so I changed the subject to one I wouldn't I knew would please her. I was hoping to get some photos of the baby Lynn. We're going to make posters so the boaters will be more careful. What a lovely idea, she said. You can take my photo while we're waiting. Just like I'm a movie star. Grandma Lila rolled her left shoulder forward, dipping her chin and batting her eyelashes, pretending. Where was Nate? I glanced to the lake, hoping to see him coming, but the water in front of the cottage was empty. So when I looked back at Grandma Lila, I couldn't help giggling because she looked so funny, joking with me. Okay, hold that pose. Let me try an angle that's not straight on, I said. Are you Marilyn Monroe? It was the only old movie star name I could think of. Doris Day! From that, from somewhere on the lake, a tremolo reverberated. As Grandma Lila looked towards the sound, I took the shot. Oh, I hope that's our loons. The words barely escaped out of my mouth before I remembered that she didn't even know they'd been missing. Can you see what's happening? She asked. The tremolo is a warning. I looked towards the lake, but I didn't see that familiar dash of black body and head above the water. Emily said, The parents give the chick loon song lessons, I said to comfort her. I bet they're just practicing. She smiled. Loon song lessons. I checked my screen to see the photo of Grandma Lila. There was worry in her eyes as she stared at something beyond the frame. Anyone who saw the photo would wonder what she was doing. It added a touch of mystery to the photo, something to think about beyond the image itself, an added story. 
I never watch the loons come in the fall. I've never seen them leave in the spring, Grandma Lila said. They're always here when I arrive, and they leave after I go. They're like summer people, I said, trying to make a joke. I might not come back here next year, she added quietly. Oh, I'm sure you will, I said. She shook her head. I'm not well. My family thinks I don't know, but I do. Next year's everything. Next year, everything here will happen without me. But I won't be the same without it. I didn't know what to say. I glanced to the lake, hoping I'd see Nate coming, but the lake was still empty. Oh dear, I'm rambling, aren't I? She said, blushing. I'll be better when I've had a rest. What were we doing? Taking photos, I said. Oh, yes, you must take my photo. Okay, I said, relieved to have something to do. Let's try another pose. Could you put your hand on the arm of the rocking chair? One of my contest phrases was holding on, and Grandma Lila's hands were so wrinkled and old, they would make an interesting photo. Weather, maybe it's the weather, she said, gripping the arm of the chair. Soon, I'll get back to the swing of things, maybe tomorrow. I nodded and took some photos of her hand. It's been a bad day for me too. It feels like the universe is being extra mean today. So let's both hope tomorrow is better. Yes, and not worse, Grandma Lila said. I picked up the teacup from the table near her. It still had a little tea in the bottom. Her rough, ridged hands would be a wonderful contrast with the glassy smoothness of the cup. Maybe you can hold this cup now. It's almost empty, she said. That's fine, it's only for pictures. When someone holds something, it shows a relationship. It can make for a more interesting picture, I smiled. It sounded like Dad. As I took the shot of her hands holding the cup, she said, let me get you some more tea. No, thank you. I hadn't had any tea at all, and Nate still wasn't coming. So I zoomed out of the chute of her whole body in the rocking chair with the teacup in her hands. The rustic boards of the cottage behind her would make a good background. Tell me about this cup, I said, hoping to get some emotion on her face. Where did you get it? It's not mine. No? Oh. Well, it doesn't matter. Do you like tea or coffee? Grandma Lila's face clouded over with concern. This is not my cup. Oh, well, do you want a different one? I asked quickly. Grandma Lila's eyebrows climbed with alarm. It's not mine. My finger pressed the shot. You're right. I'm sorry. I took the cup from her. It's my cup. Hey, Lucy. There you are, Emily called. We waited for you as long as we could. Thank you, universe. I turned around, so glad to see Emily and Nate coming up to the beach that I didn't even mind that Megan was with them. We saw the loons, Nate said. I even took some photos with my camera, Megan said. Nate's smile faded as he got to the porch. He looked at Grandma Lila to me. Is everything okay? Fine. But my voice sounded higher than usual. 
Grandma Lilisa looked upset, and it was my fault. Did you see the chick? I asked. Yes, but we had a surprise, Emily said. There isn't just one chick, there are two. They're so cute, Megan said. One baby was trying to die, but he could only dip his head in the water, so they both got to their parents' backs. I got photos of it all for the posters. Let me see, Grandma Lila said, fear melting from her face. Part of me wanted all of Megan's photos to be dark and blurry and awful and unusable, but they weren't. In fact, one photo of an adult with the two chicks on his back was really good. Two chicks, Grandma Lila said. Two chicks. Write that down, Nate. I will, he promised. Lucy, we're going to town now so we can get some poster boards. I'm going, Megan said. Me too, Grandma Lila said. She looked okay now, but my inside still felt all twisted up for upsetting her. I didn't even know how it all gone so wrong so fast. You want to grow too? Grandma Lila asked. You want to go too, Grandma Lila? Nate asked hesitantly. All right, we won't walk then. Let me see who can drive us. I wish we could do this later. The deadline for the contest was coming up. There might be some photos in town. As Megan was going, one thing I know about being in a three-way relationship is that you better not let the other two spend too much time without you or it turns into a two-way friendship minus you. Okay, I said, let me just run home and get some money.